Because we talked a lot about how I knew a lot of men that wore free t-shirts. Uh-huh. And we were saying that Danny probably got a lot of t-shirts from like job fairs and like... <laughs> And so I actually had a vintage Sprint t-shirt. Either way, it's perfect storytelling through costume. It's so funny. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume podcast. I am your host, Spencer Williams, and thank you so much for joining me for another bonus episode What's going on, costume nerds? Thank you for joining me today. Of course, we're talking all about Beef, a incredible show that is currently streaming on Netflix featuring Ali Wong and Steven Yun. This is such a good show. It is so funny, so wild, so it has heart to it. It's stressful. I mean, the whole time I was watching it, my anxiety was on level 100 and the costumes are just top tier. We're going to get into all the costumes, but so good. It's very, uh, I live in Pasadena, which is a beautiful city in California, right next to Los Angeles, LA County. And it's just very Pasadena art bomb coated. (laughs) It's just so fun and I love it. Uh, I'm so excited to get into it, but of course, I just want to remind everyone about our upcoming schedule. Uh, We are getting back into our regular episodes soon as our third season gets kicked off once more. Uh, So next week we will be off, but when we come back in September, September 12th, we are going to be having our first episode back in a few months talking about the costumes of Mamma Mia. Um, Very excited because Elizabeth will be here once again. I'm so excited to be reunited with my partner in crime as we get into the brilliant costumes by Anne Roth. Uh, The week after, we will be then talking about Poker Face with costume designer Tracy Gigi Field. That's September 19th. And then, of course, on September 26th, We will then be talking about The Righteous Gemstones. I say this a lot, but The Righteous Gemstones is actually my favorite show right now. I can't stop talking about it. Anyone who actually sees me around in real life knows that I've just been talking about this show nonstop. It is so good. Just a top-tier comedy. And the costume designer for season three, Christina Flannery, will be here to talk about the most recent season. So very excited for that. Then, of course, it will be October 
and we'll be getting into our spooky season, but we're not yet telling you what those episodes are. We're keeping them close to the chest, but all I can say is it is going to be our best spooky season ever. It is so, so strong. The films and shows that we picked, so good. You're going to be so excited. So with that, I'm very excited for you all to uh, keep listening and supporting, and we appreciate so much. It's been a interesting year, <laughs> but uh, we're going to just keep on going. We have some great content coming along. So thank you again for listening. Now let's get into beef. I'll start off with a little summary. Two people let a road rage incident burrow into their minds and slowly consume their every thought and action. And that is beef. What a what a great way to put it. it that really all it is. Uh, let's dive behind the costumes. Beef was created by Lee Sung Jin, who is also the writer, showrunner, director. This guy does it all. And of course, we have the brilliant costume designer, Helen Huang, who you will know for her work as co-costume designer on American Horror Story Roanoke, for which she won an Emmy and a Costume Designers Guild Award. She also was a costume designer on 911, Birds of Prey, Holiday, for which we have a fantastic holiday episode on. I think it was season one we talked about holiday that Elizabeth really, really recommended and became one of my favorite holiday-related episodes. So go watch Holiday and listen to that episode. Um, Helen also designed the costumes for The Shrink Next Door and Station Eleven. And I'm so excited to say that Helen was just nominated for an Emmy once again for her work on Beef. With that being said, costume designer Helen Huang is here in the studio we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Helen Huang. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I'm so excited to introduce costume designer Helen Wong. Hey, Helen. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm so excited to finally meet you. It's been a long while. Uh, I've, Like I said, behind the scenes, I've been wanting to talk to you ever since Holiday, one of my favorite oh. movies like ever right now. So I've been dying for this moment. <laughs> I'm surprised because, you know, when I was making it, you know, it's like hard to to like know because you're making like a Christmas story and those haven't been made in so long, you know, kind of a holiday movie. Right. 
it's top tier, best of our generation, I'd say. <laughs> but today is all about beef, which I am obsessed with. I just binged it in a couple hours. Um, literally, it's a wild ride, literally and metaphorically. So my first question, what was your initial reaction to the story, not just as a costume designer, but as a creative? Well, I think um, to start off with, like I was looking for uh an asian showrunner or director or like a ca asian cast um for a project like that and then this came along and i know sunny the creator's work because he did the second season of dave and i love the second season of dave i thought it was like yeah. such a great balance between sort of humor and gr really grounded emotion but sort of like um philosophical sort of questioning and right. this like weird um unreal a sort of texture to it you know uh -huh. and so beef it was just like that when you read the script there's some very grounding elements to it and the revenge story does push it forward but in in like its truest context it's just this like existential questioning of our lives you know and i feel like that's very relevant for today and of course you know like sunny's writing is extremely tight there's a lot of dark humor to it and i just find it fascinating too with these characters these asian american characters i like i like them being kind of bad people because i feel <laughs> that equalizes you know the storytelling in a way you know that we get to be in a story sort of like bad and good right. and everywhere in between so yeah. It was such an interesting story. And, you know, kind of like you said, I feel like everyone, no matter who you were watching a story, was able to take something away from it. And it kind of spoke to everyone's lives in a way. I mean, I yeah. I definitely was feeling that as I was watching through this show. So Yeah. There's like a very modern feeling about sort of what they're going through and the questions that they are asking themselves. Right. So let's dive into the costumes. Um, I believe, like you, I also have grown up in L.A., around L.A. I yeah. live in Pasadena, San Gabriel Valley. Oh, so. You did, like, San Gabriel. Yeah, so. <laughs> so I definitely, like, understood what was happening here. This definitely reminded me of, like, all the Pasadena moms I'm around all the time. Uh, so I really appreciate the nuance in the costume of these characters. There were two unique worlds very present in the series. That chic, artsy Los Angeles san gabriel valley type person and then also that thrifted maybe casual skater look which we'll talk about in a little bit so let's start with amy walk me through her upscale sophisticated and the white cream color palettes um well with amy um i started by looking at sort of like the like different types of plant stores on instagram because i feel like there's a component to amy that's like very controlled very knowledgeable about what she's putting out into the world in terms of branding her store and herself and you know i lived in silver lake for a very long time and i just like sort of know these these type of types of people where they would do boutique shopping and their home aesthetic looks a certain way right um, and it's it's very very specific and it is upscale but i think the the main thing about like what I wanted to do with the two worlds is sort of like, yes, you could say Amy's world has good taste. Danny's world has, you know, kind of zero taste. <laughs> but I think it's more about like how these two people are just like in their world and they're both aware of themselves and also yet not aware of their own bubble. And I, for me, that was like sort of the most interesting component about dressing her is that she is very aware of the taste level that she's putting out but sort of like very unaware of how someone like her would look to someone like Danny 
Right. In the bubble that she's in. Um, and then uh, with her design, um, we did want to go, and Allie's like such a dream to work with. She did want to look very creative and arty. And so um, we did go for a lot of boutique labels and we played a lot with like shapes because, you know, she's not afraid of sort of wearing things that are a little bit boxier or, or bigger, you know, so there, so there wasn't this element of trying to make her more form fitting. Um, and then with the color palette, we really tried, like I had sort of like a big board and then there was this one section that just had creams and whites. And I was telling Sunny, like, you know, always when I do contemporary TV or film, I always try to think of like what could be like a surreal element to it, you know, something that's kind of messes with the audience a little bit, right. you know? <laughs> and so for me, having her sort of in creams and neutrals and things that feel put together and curated yet relaxed juxtaposes a lot of her actions and a lot of her emotional conflicts underneath. And then also, it's a big contrast to how Danny, you know, dresses. And so he really liked the idea and it's what we went with. I also think there's something to people who wear sort of whites and creams. It's like, there are people who are very sure of themselves, right? They're pretty sure right. they're not going to fail throughout the day. <laughs> and so, like, I, to me, that's like psychological confidence that she has in her, um, her aesthetic and her ways, but sort of like this undercurrent of being totally out of control. That's so interesting. Yeah, such interesting point. Reason why I never wear white, you know, always black. <laughs> so I definitely understand that. Uh, using hats in costume design isn't super popular because some people find it very difficult. Yeah. You, I feel like this is a masterclass in hats. Everyone is obsessed <laughs> with this hat that um, Amy wears in the beginning of this series. You have mm -hmm. to tell me where this came from. I, you know what? I'm pretty sure it's from Urban, but it has no tag in it. So on the costume notes, they just wrote vintage. So I'm actually, <laughs> I, I don't really remember, but I am a very big, like when I get into a fitting, I like to have all the accessories there because I feel right. like accessories really sort of like can fine tune a person, you know, the outfit could be really simple and your accessories could sort of direct the character in one way or another. But I am very careful because like you said, directors and producers they have their own sort of i guess aesthetic bias against hats some of them really hate it like and hat beef it, <laughs> yeah and, ha and have it they find it really distracting in the scene you know right. um and other people like love it and for me when i tried it on it really did feel that it was right for this character because also like in the beginning of the of the um the show she's in the car so much and you just want something that sort of speaks to who she her aesthetic sense pretty super fast and i also really like like the texture of it because it's like this very warm knit and then you know the flip upward is kind of like very perky and so it kind of has like a warm optimism to it which yeah. really contrasts against how she is in that scene which is just kind of full of rage yeah. <laughs> uh, and so there's this like it, the hat creates sort of like this perky softness about her that I think also with the glasses uh, being sort of like a paired back and not very strong sort of in terms of its colorway kind of signals a different person than what's happening on screen. And for me, I always try to like look for those moments. Um, and also Sonny was like, yeah, we have to do the hat. He is not afraid of hats. He <laughs> <laughs> um, That's good to hear. 
but I, I think it really worked because if people always ask me about it and I heard like people on TikTok are like knitting this hat. It's like so weird. Oh, I'm sure. It's become, yeah. It's become like its own like thing. <laughs> the hat's taking the world by storm. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's just so soft. And like you said, you know, she's obviously very pissed off of the moment, but you know, she's hiding behind his hat a little bit, trying to tell everyone that she's, you know, smiling and yeah. soft and fuzzy. Yeah. Um, a moment where Amy was not really feeling so. I actually love the Vegas scene. It's so fun <laughs> to me. Um, it's uh -huh. still very Amy, but there's a little bit of like a shift in her in this moment where you know she's not gonna change who she is. Yeah. But I definitely feel like she shows up a little bit more rock and roll to the Vegas yeah. panel. Yeah. Um, so this outfit is Proenza and um and you're right, like I, we didn't try to change her silhouette as much because we still want this like artistic point of view. And I'm very big on like with women, you know, in terms of their arc, not altering their appearance too much because I feel like there's too, there's been too many sort of shows being like, you know, she feels better. So she'll dress on like a completely nonsensical way that's like not her and right. i just feel like who does that <laughs> like no one does that also it doesn't say the best about being a woman you know about your personal identity and mm. so i like to keep the personal identities pretty strong so we did keep her silhouette there's like fringe on the bottom of this and it's still very amy but we did change the colorway so it's black and there's only if you watch the show there's only like like two episodes where she did wear color really strongly. And it was when she was having the affair with Paul. And of course, this is um, the moment where that shift, this shift was happening. But after that, we did take her back into creams and whites again, because once her life settles down, we didn't want the jarring aspect of her, like sort of changing her life just because in her look, just because she sold her store. Right, exactly. Like who would do that? Like you kind of mentioned. So it was, it was, I've always worn the same outfit no matter what I've gone through yeah. in life. So, uh, but let's talk about Danny a little bit. As you mentioned earlier, you know, Danny kind of is like the opposite to Amy in terms of at least costuming. It feels, you know, very thrifted. I, I feel like I know Danny personally and what he chooses <laughs> to wear. And I do think that there is a little bit of a taste, you know, maybe it's not. At Amy's level. So tell me about Danny's costumes. Um, well, for Stevens, uh, for so Danny, Stephen plays Danny, and he was really trying to find this character, like as we were doing fittings. I went into it being like, I know who this person is because he reminds me of like people I knew growing up, like in the San Gabriel Valley. Um, right. and you grew up there, so you probably understand. Yeah. Now I know Danny. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so I went into it like being like, I know this person, it's very familiar. And, you know, I did want Danny to kind of look like he did have some taste. So he, I did want it to feel like he belonged to some subculture at one time or another. And that he just kind of stopped buying clothes at the age of like 25 or 24. And then <laughs> just kept like wearing the same thing. And if he bought something else, it would just like replace that thing itself, you know? And he doesn't really like move forward in terms of taste. Interesting. And the other thing with Danny is like, we literally like, so Amy was like boutiques from all around. We'd shop so much online for her to make her look so special. And then with Steven, we just, we did so much goodwill <laughs> <laughs> and, and costume house, but a lot, a lot of goodwill because we were trying to put him in the space where it's like early aughts. So like 1999 to maybe like 2010, sort of like put him in that 
mm, area. Right. Uh, so Danny is definitely very subtle. Like he's wearing like really faded dickies. You know, the faded under um, T was like a big sort of choice for him. You know, the picture that he's wearing when he's like at the club, you didn't really get a good look at the outfit because it's so dark, but it's like we thrifted a DKNY shirt for him. And then he's wearing like these weird, like those really straight Calvin Klein, you know, <laughs> right. Like any, um, slacks and then he's also wearing square toed shoes and his belt in the scene was like actually actually a structure belt that are that sunny um the creator he held on to since high school so he like actually lent us that belt for this thing this scene for authenticity i love that and then you know the the picture on the side like with the because we talked a lot about how i knew a lot of men that were free t-shirts uh-huh. and we saying that Danny probably got a lot of t-shirts from like job fairs and like <laughs> and so I actually had a vintage sprint t-shirt uh, for him that they wouldn't let me use because it had, had like all the sprint stores in the back right. and so I think the trouble of like buying another t-shirt and printing this shrimp, uh, sprint logo like on the chest because I felt like so strongly that we need to use it for the scene. It's so funny. I didn't notice it until prepping and I'm like, either he used to work at a sprint or yeah, like you said, a job fair. <laughs> either way, it's perfect storytelling through costume. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. But in many ways, like Danny, I feel very close to Danny because I just like, I think a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of shows where they want to show like rich Asians, you know, mm-hmm. and for me, I really wanted to show like Asian men that I knew kind of growing up, you know, I feel like they deserve like a character that represents them and like a character that they could see reflected back. And I felt a large, a large responsibility to like Danny's costumes. Right. It definitely was a different perspective that we don't really see too often in film and television. And I really appreciated it. Then on the other hand, we have George, which I am obsessed with this man, uh, specifically his sweaters. I love a comfy sweater. And honestly, this is one of my favorite parts of this entire series. I, I also can't help but think the sweaters kind of describe his character. You know, George is a soft guy, but yeah. he's also strong in passion, I would say, but still maintains that sort of chic personality because he is Amy's husband, too, at the same time. So yeah. I feel like there's a level that he has to hold himself to. So please just walk me through George's looks. So with George, we really did want to do an artistic perspective because he came from an artistic family. Um, in fact, in the script, it's like the artistic, you know, family. Right. And also, I really do believe that when couples get together, there's usually sort of like a cohesive sensibility that they both share, you know? Right. And so we did want to put them together in terms of that look. And for George, you know, I did want a character where it represented sort of like an Asian man's interest in fashion. But I didn't want the fashion to be like like, like suits or anything of that that type of thing because I wanted to show sort of more like quiet wealth, you know, like right. his sweater, seven hundred dollars to a thousand dollars. But like when you like look at it, it doesn't really like look at anything unless you're sort of like in the know, you know. And so like he he's not like a Tom Ford guy. He's more like what are the newest like Croc collabs, you know, and like, <laughs> the newest like Solomon collabs that he could you know he could buy into. Um, and we did try to keep it in that very neutral palette with the silhouette being really relaxed. 
But yeah, like we did want him to feel A, like Amy's husband, but B, like he had an identity of his own. And I'm so glad that like people, I, I think you like really like this, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I just wanted to show like a a, a man who's like, sh- like, like interested in fashion, but not in the way that sort of most show show men who are interested in fashion, you know? Right. I mean, because I, I guess typically in a show, you would assume that he, like you said, would be wearing suits all the time. But he's like a very dedicated father, too. He's always with yeah. his daughter. So like, why would he be walking around in suits all the time? It just wouldn't yeah. make sense. So I think yeah. it was brilliant. I'm obsessed with it. This is who I want to be when I grow up. Um. <laughs> and I had to fight for that T-shirt because <laughs> like really. Sunny- yeah, Sonny wasn't sure. And I was like, no, you have to put that on. It's so special and like so unique. Um, and he finally let me do it. But I was just like, because, you know, so as long also with hats, like it's either like um, directors or producers, they either like sort of like graphics across the chest or they don't, you right. know. And like sometimes with something like this, it is a bit odd because this is it's like an embroidery t-shirt. These are graphics that are embroidered. So it's like harder to understand. But oh, I wow. don't like, George would p- definitely like pick this up, you know. He's definitely like a decorative guy, but definitely. in a very and then threw on like the most beautiful sweater over it. <laughs> <laughs> so, with this being a contemporary show, I was curious as to how much of your process with this series included. You know, we've talked about a little bit already, but sustainable thrifting and buying mm-hmm. versus building. You would see in maybe a different type of genre show. Well, I do sometimes with modern shows build a lot. It just like depends on, I think building is like, it depends on the size of your budget because Mm -hmm. oftentimes actually building is more expensive than buying. It takes a lot more manpower and it is, it does not come cheap and it takes a lot more like process work. So with something like this, we did shoot fast and there was like a budget constraint. And so we did a lot of like online for George and Amy specifically, a lot of online boutique shopping. Um, in fact, a lot of the online stores were really mad at us <laughs> because it was so like selective and so specific. We also shopped them a lot at Mohawk General in Silver Lake. Oh, yeah, of course. And their men's, like a lot of George's wardrobe kind came from there and also from Mr. Porter. And Amy's sort of came from like Farfetch and Essence and all those um, companies. But for their world, we did do a lot of like like online shopping. I also prefer sometimes online shopping because I just feel like the stores sometimes for contemporary shows don't have enough of what you need to do like a full character. So it is a harder process because then you spend a lot of your time doing online returns, you know. Um, (laughs) And who loves that? (laughs) And who loves that? But I think it's um, a better identity because there's so much more resources, you know, online. And then I do love whenever I can using vintage, like Amy actually for her, a lot of what she wore at the house, you know, her sweatshirts and t-shirts, those are all from vintage our vintage vendors in LA that we use a lot all the time for like vintage t-shirts and things like that. Um, And obviously if it's someone like Danny who needs to look like some, like something that's not like current, we, I do tend to shop a lot of like Goodwill and things just because there's never anything new that could compare to things that are organically older, you know, because the color ways, just the cuts, like they don't exist anymore unless you like remake them. Interesting. Uh, 
Fumi was an instant style icon in my <laughs> eyes. I was obsessed with her the moment I laid eyes on her. You must have had just so much fun crafting these looks, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, like, um, they the brief was that they wanted her to, like, we did try to go for a re-Kawakobu-like look. And, you know, I told Sunny that if we were to do her character, we would go for it. Because I don't really like watered-down versions of that type of aesthetic just because I think it like ruins the aesthetic, you know? Right. So we did in the beginning pull a lot of, and we use real, real a lot, actually, if you talk about sustainability, mm. um, actually on the show a lot. Um, and it's just to find like, sort of like one of a kind vintage at a good price and to just like make the things more unique. Um, and so we did shop a lot of Comte de Garçon and things like that off the real, real, but it did feel a little bit too harsh. And so we had to pivot to sort of like, more easy and there's this great store in LA called Replica which we I use a lot and they had luckily had a lot of vintage 1980s easy miyaki and so we used a lot of that which is like softer in textiles but shape and then the picture on the bottom she's wearing pleats please which I feel like I mean if you've ever owned pleat please it's like amazing because it's (laughs) idea that you just bob your clothes and then they just be perfect every time that's wild and I, which i thought like <laughs> and then all her rings and stuff like came from palace um which is a costume house in la because i really didn't imagine her being like this person who um who likes gold or silver like she would wear resin and things like that like things that feel a little bit more like it's a little art piece you know right I'm I'm obsessed. I think for everyone listening, you've probably given them a big shopping list after they're done listening. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a big fan of breakdown and costumes. And uh-huh. it was so much fun watching, you know, all these fun, colorful pieces. And then in the last episode, it's almost like everything falls apart. Uh, our cast really goes through some things. So how did this episode come together with breaking down all these looks? It was hard. <laughs> um, we didn't have a lot of time. I think for Amy and Danny, they each had seven multiples. Dang. That we had to do in different stages. Um, and we had to go through it with Sunny to sort of like break it down. But even like the process of finding their costume, especially Amy's costume in this was hard because we wanted a costume that could do a lot. And so... Um, when I found this Tory Burch blouse, it actually had all the components where she could be at Jordan's house and she could be like really put together and buttoned because of the way it was like tied. And then when she gets to this, um, the wilderness, like everything sort of can untie and like look like she's been through the ringer. And even if you look at in that picture, her collar is not on it anymore because it's a detachable collar. So like at one point during the script, her collar came off and she was using it like when she had food poisoning to like wipe her brow. (laughs) So like we didn't want to give them pieces of clothes, you know, like Danny's wearing that specific hoodie because I I had to research like how you would make a sling. (laughs) It was like the most like easiest way to like what garment is like the easiest. And so we had to sort of like research all that before putting those outfits together. And then we had to be like, oh, so she falls down a cliff, you know, even <laughs> to the point where Sonny was like, yeah, I think they pooped on their pants. And I was like, I <laughs> you're like, please no. <laughs> no, but we did put it in there. It, it's, you know, you probably can't tell, but those are, those are sort of the glamorous parts of costume design. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> 
So this was a very intimate series. I imagine there must have been a lot of collaboration between you, Allie, and Steven, especially. Yeah, it was. I mean, like, I felt like everyone wanted to come in and they wanted to sort of transform. And I was very lucky with them because, you know, obviously I said it before, like, Allie's kind of a dream to work with. She'll right. put on any. She's very trusting of the costume designer and the process, um, which is which is like, it's amazing when you get actors that come in that open. And with Steven, he also was like in the process trying to, um, you know, was very open to trying everything on. I think it took Steven a little bit longer to find his character. I think mostly because like, it's hard with subtle costumes, you know, Mm because Amy's so like, kind of like fashion-y. And so it's almost at times it's easier to find those type of costumes than something as paired back as Danny meaning like he only he only probably had like four t-shirts you know like he had right. like a club like literally the size of like <laughs> half, here you go <laughs> like half a rack. but to get to that half a rack of things you have to try on everything like a lot we had on we had like three four racks of clothes um through three fittings that we had him try on just to see what kind of organically feels more like his character you know but a, a lot of times the more subtle work is the more paired back stuff. Right, definitely. Well, Helen, I mean, everyone is obsessed with this show, me being one of those people. It was so much fun. I loved it. And the costumes are brilliant. I'm probably going to go and find a Sprint t-shirt after this. <laughs> uh, my final question to you, what did this project mean to you? I mean, it meant quite a lot to me. It's one of the more personal projects that I have done. Um I think, you know, since I started my career, I've dressed Asians as like day players on TV shows. And you could never give them a full story just because they're there to serve the main story. And so you usually have to dress them like like as a teacher or as a mom, like they have to have a really quick read. Right. But with something like this, as diverse as the type of Asians that they had on the show with sort of different economic backgrounds and different interests and different perspectives, I thought that was very fun right to sort of break down the the thought that we are like a monolith to show that there are barriers sort of like and there are are different experiences in the asian american community and these characters sort of represent like what they go through and sort of like the mistrust and misunderstanding um so it was a real privilege to get to do that you know and i was very excited as soon as i read it because i was like oh my god i'm gonna actually get to do this you know right. this is it <laughs> yeah this is to like really fulfill something that i felt like i really had something to say it's right. especially as you're on the sidelines and you, you know you're not only involved in different projects but you're watching different projects and you just feel like this need to like really want to tell a particular story and this was my opportunity to right. do it the costume designer helen huang i am obsessed with this show and i'm so happy i finally got to meet you thank you so much for joining us Thank you. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. 